WBNE. Howdy, yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgehill. And today is Monday. And this is Bacon and Eggs. So save a town from a giant sandworm. And make a new friend. Because today we're bringing you The Mandalorian. Chapter 9, The Marshal. I love the music we do for this show. Uh, Bandit Ship or Bandit All Hope by Four Years Strong? That's my favorite part of this show. It's honestly like, let's do The Mandalorian again so that we can put that in our podcast. So we're, we're talking about Chapter 9, which is Season 2, Episode 1, The Marshal. Directed by Jon Favreau, the man himself, the creator, the 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 chef. Uh, came out October 30th, 2020, which was my dad's birthday. Hey, happy birthday, uh, Which is two days ago, and it got a 93% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and there are no other scores. So that's... I love these. These are so easy. You just bing, bang, boom. Bing, that's bang, it. boom. Bing, bang. Bing, bing bang, 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 boom. Uh, anyway, yeah. So this is episode two of season one of The Mandalorian, uh, which came out... No, no, no. This is episode one of season two. That's what I said. No, you said this is episode two of season one. Well, whatever. They knew what I meant. I knew what you meant, but I just wanted this to- This is better than episode season episode than season one, episode two. The, I think I I straight up- This is the best episode of the show so far. Loved this episode. Yeah. This so is the best much. episode of the show so far, for sure. Uh, yeah. They really kind of like- And I mean, that makes sense that like they filmed the first season and then, which was a, a gamble for sure. Season well, one was- the child the, didn't hit? It, yeah. Like if people were like, oh. Why is there an infant Yoda? That's then, stupid. Then they would have been like, well, <laughs> canceled. <laughs> uh, so it makes sense. Reshoot, reshoot. <laughs> has a little bit of uh, of of ability to respond and react to those things. That is that is uh, the good thing about television. Like that is they they. It's usually lower stakes and lower production a little bit. You just you can move things like that around. Uh, but they they really got this sighted in. Uh, I think found the voice and the character and and just the the X factor, the rest of it kind of stuff. That season one wasn't missing, but just like it, it, this is clearly a season two of something that is already made. Yeah, I'll say I really like how we're back onto the not that we ever left but we're back onto this like monster of the week like there's very clearly a big goal but it's this is something that took me a lot to adjust to watching the mandalorian maybe because it's star wars and so like i i'm only i've only ever really been interested in the movies so the the show being so bite-sized was like it was hard for me for sure but anyway the movies are big uh, and and a lot and like a lot happens right in all and of then, them and this specifically this episode they like fight an alaskan bullworm it's it's yeah they fight an alaskan bullworm um he runs into Cobb vanth who is a borderlands mini boss uh i love him he's great yeah i'm really uh okay so this is just the spoilers obviously for everything um this is what we do yeah. on Ace, but top down uh, it made me very happy that he didn't end up being a bad guy yes at least yet uh, apparently Cobb vanth is a character that exists um people that know too much about star wars know who he is uh, but timothy oliphant timothy oliphant has aged like fine wine yeah what a handsome never dude. have i never once have i been watching a timothy oliphant movie and been like that guy's hot 
And he pulls off the helmet with the with the beard and and, and the salt and pepper look. And I was like, who is that, that? guy's hot? Who is that? I know this guy. I know this guy from something. I looked him up and I was like, oh man, that's Timothy Oliphant. He uh, looks just like so many other people though. And they try to they try to sell you very early on that he's gonna be like this douchebag, this bad guy, right? Like there's gonna be a gunfight. Because and that's he what pulls happens. his helmet off. That's what happens in again, this borrows this episode, I think, even more so than the rest of them, borrows from like serial Western television shows. Shows like Gunsmoke and Ponderosa and um well, and is Justified not a serial Western? I've never watched it, but that's Justified, like... Justified, like the Victoria Justice TV show? No, Justified, like the Timothy Oliphant is a cowboy show. I have no idea. I've never seen it. I will say, okay. this is a better episode of Westworld than 90% of episodes of Westworld. I really enjoyed this. So he shows up, and he's got the armor on, and it looks so small on him. I love that. That makes me so happy. And, like, everything Yeah, they fits. really... John... John... I almost said John Negroni. John Negroni did a fantastic John Favreau job. was really like, Boba Fett was a, a small... <laughs> Yeah, very small man. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing I love. I know that Mando's armor was like completed at the end of last season and it's like super cool now. I think it, it looks looked, worse. I disagree. I think it looks amazing. As, like, the, I don't know. I don't, like, I don't like his helmet with none of the stuff on it. He didn't have like antenna anymore. I thought it looked awesome. I don't know. I didn't think he looked as cool. Him. I, I liked the, the ragtag Mando though. Like I really did. I'm sure over time we'll go back to a little bit of ragtag. Like, you know, when you watch, uh, you don't watch these. I, I keep referencing things. Cause I've seen a lot of Westerns, right? And this is, this is where I'm pulling from. You're, you, yeah, you're more of a Star Wars fan. I am, I'm recognizing this <laughs> from my childhood. Uh, but like when Clint Eastwood walks in with the, with the poncho on, just like a rug over top of him. Yeah. And like pulls the pistol out from underneath it and whacks somebody. I'm just like, dang, that was cool. Clint Eastwood. You're a cool dude. Yeah. Clint Eastwood's a cool dude. Who's fighting with you on that? that that's what I was saying though. Is he's just rugged. He looks rugged. See, I think that's kind of where Mando looks so good here is that he shows up and like this whole first season we go from like rugged to like refined Mandalorian. And then no, he I mean, gets I, to. I get it. And I, I 100% understand their decision. I'm not complaining. I just think he looked cool last season but i i like in this episode how him looking more refined almost like cheapens him a little bit oh yeah definitely. He shows up it's a plot device. and right and he shows up and it's like like he, timothy oliphant you can tell in his brain is like i'm much more rugged i right i could beat this he's here this, to do some this rube with the big iron on his hip and uh i just think it's fantastic they did a good job of of timothy oliphant walking in Vanth walking in in like direct shadow so you couldn't 100 percent see like what was going on with him in the first scene and he walks over and he's talking and he takes the helmet off and puts it down on the table and it like cuts to it and it's clearly that like like green green color i'll tell you one thing i know i'm a star wars fan and i've always been a star wars fan i i did not put together that that was boba fett's armor oh yeah no i did i, I did immediately <laughs> I'm, I'm such an idiot i was watching it and i was like it's kind of got green armor kind of like boba fett but boba fett died so can't be yeah that. boba fett died in a starlight pit on tatooine right so it can't be that um Oh man! Before we go to this place, we get back to uh, Amy Sedaris. Huh? The the when which he when he lands on Mos Eisley. Oh, on, on oh my gosh! Yes, the um, the Tatooine. We're, we're skipping a whole like t- fifteen minutes of episode here uh, that happened where he like goes to some seedy underworld city and like brings the oh, the child yeah. into like a like a boxing match. Yeah, with the Gamorians with the vibro axes. Yeah, and and John Leguizamo is like, you know, there's no place for a kid, right? But it is. But it is because it's the child and the child. He and the child have a a, a relationship now right because uh mando looks at him and is like hey kid this is about to break real bad and the child is like okay yeet but because the child knows about the what are they called the hummingbirds or whatever yeah the singing Uh. birds whistling birds it's not hummingbirds (laughs) mocking jays i don't know 
Whatever he is, yeah. Mockingjays. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he knows it's about to happen. And, yeah, and and then we just get a good old-fashioned scene of, of Mando kicking the crap out of everybody and, you know, makes a fake promise. He's like, I promise you will not die by my hand to the... to, to He doesn't die Gil by Koresh his hand. or whatever. I, I know, but, like, he was never going to let him live. Well, yeah, but that was the... That was the no man can kill the witch king sort of moment. It's like, oh, but Eowyn can. Right. And they set up the thing because, you know, there was just like lizards making lizard noises when they walked in the planet. Thought that was cool. I thought this whole episode was cool. I keep yeah. saying that. So then he, has, he flies back to Tatooine and lands in the Mos Eisley spaceport. Uh, and I don't know what her name is, but she's played by Amy Sedaris. And she's cool. I, I, they got her character right. Peli Motto. Yeah, sure. I, I'm only, I only know because I'm looking at the cast list. Uh, yeah, no, I believe you, but I have no reason to commit that to memory. Right. I think her character's fantastic. I actually wasn't thrilled with how she played the character in this episode. I felt like... <sighs> They went to the writer's room and were like, we really liked Amos Sedaris as this sort of like mom figure. Let's just triple down on that. Let's just, she is a mom. She is like a, she's like a mom. Right, but that's why they bonded because she cares about the child. Right. I do like his crew and like the people that he meets and works with. And, and now we've got another person in, in yeah, pop the So, so we're, we're going to come back to her, obviously, because he has to also leave Moss Eyes. Like he has to go back and get the Razor Crest. I'm sure she'll right. be in the next episode. Maybe. Um, we got to deal with Boba Fett. Oh, yeah, true, true. Well, it, it, before he leaves Tatooine, uh, I'm sure she'll she'll be uh, on again. But yeah, just, it's, it's just adding people to the... And this is constantly the thing in, in, in all of these shows. Like, you got to... Before you can do the final fight, right? You got to get the whole team together. Right. And they'll have to fly back there and find Cobb Vanth and be like, I need the marshal. Yeah, exactly. Because Cobb Vanth didn't turn out to be an... <laughs> In this, in this episode and I was very happy about that yeah did he like so he takes the armor from him did he give him anything I know that he gave him in exchange like the you know gave him giant, his town gave him his town and he killed the thing that was eating their banthas right uh, somebody did say why didn't they just feed it a bantha full of explosives from the start and that's a good question i mean that's what i thought they were gonna do just blow it up from the when they inside. were like when they were like oh we got bombs i was like oh okay they're, they're gonna bury them like right next to the cave so that when the sandworm comes out it accidentally eats them all yeah but that's not what they did but that's not what they did they instead buried them very very far away yeah so when so me watching this when the when the uh dragon crate dragon pops out of the top of the mountain i was like oh there's more than one crate dragon. And then it pops out of a mountain on the other side, and I was like, okay, so there's a lot of crate dragons. Nope, it's just the one. It's just fast. It's just, yeah. And that was kind of sad to me. I was like, I want a lot of crate dragons. The more crate dragons, the better. I mean, yeah, but then it has to be like a beatable foe, though, right? Right. It's, see, it's episode one. I thought so. So this, this whole plot is pulled literally straight from... Knights of the Old Republic. Like, you go to Tatooine, you make a relationship with the Sand People, and you blow up a crate Dragon. Interesting. I thought I'd share that with you. That's very cool. Yeah. And you do it by, like, setting mines right outside the cave. Hmm. That's, that's, that's fun. That's a, that's a good... I've never played that game. I just wanted to tell you that, that this is not new. I mean, it's not new either. I could think of a dozen different episodes of... Like, it's never been new. Right. There's an Alaskan Bullworm episode. Right. Yeah. There's a movie called Tremors. Uh, there's a bunch... That's like seven movies called Tremors. <laughs> Um, but also, like, this isn't anything new in 
in TV shows like this either. Like the you know the it's out not of town in Star Wars, right? They land on the asteroid and there's an Alaskan bullworm. Uh, yeah. I know you think about Alaskan bullworm. I'm just thinking about like you know, gotta help save the town from X. Right. Uh, whether it's a monster, whether it's a roving band of allies, it's like you have to work with local law enforcement and make friends with the you know the town. And it's just like these people out on the edge of society. They're just living by themselves. They think it's been blown off the map. You talking about uh the Adventure Zone amnesty? Yeah. Or like you know when when uh, Clint Eastwood works with the cop to kill a bunch of Mexicans. Mm. I don't think that would go over so well today. Well, I just t- that was who they were fighting. Right. Uh, moving forward, what do you what do you foresee for the... So we get the cliffhanger at the end where uh, Boba Fett like sees Mando with the speeder and with his armor. I want to talk about Boba Fett's history, at least in the films, and the perspective that I bring from there as opposed to what I'm sure the extended universe fans will know. Extended Universe fans know a lot of stuff about Boba Fett that I don't. Right. Clearly, because the Extended Universe fans have a reason to care about Boba Fett as a character. I understand. Like, Boba Fett was popular before even any of the Timothy Zahn books came out in Legends, like, in the 80s. So I know that, like, I know that people like Boba Fett. What I don't understand is Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Jango Fett is not a Mandalorian. And he's got this Mando right, armor. Right, that's part like, of his appeal for some Right, people. like, Cobb Vanth took armor from not a Mandalorian. So, like, that armor we still don't know the origin of, which to me is a more interesting story than... Which which is... And it's a story we're certainly going to find out. But that story goes back to what I would imagine is prior to, uh, like, Sifo Diaz going to Korriban to... to, uh, Right, because Jango Fett had to get it from the clones. Right, because Jango Fett had to get it. So that's, that's to me, like, a, a cool prequel storyline that i think is worth exploring but like boba fett is a clone trooper which is they were like good but they weren't like the best but he didn't have the advanced aging and he would have learned everything from Django fett so he would have been like the best clone trooper right right or well he no he would have been a good bounty hunter right which is i guess what the clone troopers were supposed to be they think and the then, clone troopers were supposed to be an army yeah just uh isn't that like directly to... said right but they're modeled after a bounty hunter right who was a good fighter yeah and also a guy that was willing to just like chill on whatever that planet was and be cloned for a long time for money. Right. Right. Like he had to, his, his, you had to find somebody whose motivation was just financial gain. Right. But so like Boba Fett, Mando's hunting Jedi, right? He's looking for Jedi. And I think Boba Fett's an interesting character to break into that because Boba Fett will definitely have a very negative view of the Jedi. But he will also know realistically about the Jedi and not like these are some mythical race of sorcerers, which I still find that hard to believe that there are even places in the Outer Reach that don't know about the Jedi. Right. Like, do they not realize that like, surely, surely they know of Anakin Skywalker on Tatooine. Surely they know of Luke Skywalker. Right. But like Anakin came- Who just left about five years ago to go be a Jedi. Right. And then came back and choked out, uh, what's his butt? Pizza the Hut. Because like like Luke knew about the Jedi, right? Like, I'm not crazy. What? Luke knew about the Jedi. Uh, no. No, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi, like, tells him about the Jedi. He does? So he didn't know what the lightsaber was when he found it? No. And then Han Solo is like, I've been all across the universe and seen everything, and there is no such thing as the Jedi. And it's like, how on earth do you think that, Han Solo? There's no such thing as the Force, what he says. Right, that's what he says. Hokey religions, blah, 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 blast at your side. Right. Yeah, so Han, Han I get. Han not believing the Force, but knowing that there are people that believe in the Force. Right. That makes sense. But, like, for them to be like, the Jedi are a mythical race of wizards! Jango Fett had his head chopped off by Mace Windu and like Boba Fett saw that happen. 
Right, and then worked for Anakin. Yeah, who was the dark side guy. Was like and a higher Luke, up. I mean, yeah, Boba Fett was like like a, a pretty important member of the Imperial Goon Squad. Right, they would zoom in on him yeah. early on. He was always around, and that's the thing is like, I, I, I don't know, I just couldn't care about Boba Fett. Uh, I didn't really like him being dubbed over in the in the remakes they're not the remakes the uh remasters oh did they get the Django fett dude to do it yeah the clone war dude mm-hmm. the clone trooper dude the same guy from this tim, tim Aware morrison right. um this is never a character i've cared about either Django or boba fett i i didn't i don't understand what his point is and i'm hoping that this this sheds some light on it but i'm really season one existed in this great space where it had nothing to do with star wars right like you get to tatooine after everything's happened and you stay there for like a little bit but that's it right that's it i think like, i think you could have done without naming a single film planet the whole time and yeah i i agree and i think that was fine and them going to tatooine was fine and everything ended up being fine the five stormtroopers they they meet because like grandma gideon had nothing to do with the movies right nothing wasn't a character didn't know who he was right. uh, vaguely was aware of the dark saber yeah from the shows mm, nope not from the shows. What did you know the Darksaber from? I, something. I don't know. I knew what it was. I heard the name. I've never watched okay. any of the shows at all. Not a single episode, except this. This show's good. The other oh. ones are okay. People I, say Clone Wars is really good. I've tried, man. Yeah, people also say stuff like start at season 15 or whatever, season 10, something like that. I think there's seven seasons. And it's like a kid's show, so there's like Right, but if I gazillion... can't start at episode one, season one, episode one, it's a bad show. Full stop. Well, I mean- Full stop. That is that is a good rule to live by, but I think there are always going to be exceptions to that rule. Like, Parks and Rec gets better at season three. It gets better, but it is definitely... People who say the first two seasons are unwatchable uh, are incorrect. Yeah, they're watchable. Mark Brandanowitz. They're perfectly fine. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, the thing I'm concerned about, yeah, is uh, the inclusion. The more and more... Especially movie things get included, the more and more people will try to take... Because this is the thing that happens with Star Wars. People will try to take a weird level of ownership over it and over the canon, right? And, like, you'll start getting in... Because I don't think um, that John Favreau particularly cares what happened in other stuff. Here's here's what I can tell you about John Favreau. I don't know how much he cares about what happened in other stuff. I do know he's a bigger Star Wars nerd than you, the colloquial you. John Favreau loves Star Wars more than all of you. Sure, but he's going to make his own story, right? And I'm sure he has rules to stick to, but I can tell you firsthand those rules don't include anything that Disney doesn't deem can. Like he what can step mean? on whatever he wants. And like so the stories that have come out or the stories that 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 exist about Boba Fett and exist about Ahsoka Tano uh and all these other characters that you're going to bring in from from sort of air quote main canon. Uh there's going to be something that doesn't line up, right? There just is going to be something that doesn't line up for people. I think that's always the case when you have... It's not just George Lucas's mind and Timothy Zahn's mind, right? Right. It's, there are so many people who get to add to the Star Wars canon. And so I think no matter what, you're going to see inconsistencies in the characters. Like even Clone Wars Anakin, who's supposed to have existed between more or less... Like at least the parts I've seen between Clone Wars and uh, or Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Like is not at all like the film version of him. No, there just isn't enough development between uh, season, I mean, movie two and movie three for there to be seven seasons of a TV show. Right. He like, hasn't changed that much. He hasn't changed that much. He's not a different person. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I get a little concerned when we start bringing stuff like this in, especially, I, I didn't, I don't really care about Boba Fett. I knew it was going to be inevitable that we, 
visited that story just because he is the only other extant evidence of anything Mandalorian related in Star Wars. Right. Like right. the only reason people know what Mandalorians are is because of Boba Fett. Right. Not being one. So I'm I'm just interested to see where we go with it, and I hope that it it, it remains in that uh in that place where people can be like, this is fun and interesting, and not like. Well, this is wrong. Yeah. No, I don't want people to be like, well, this is wrong. Um, I do not want conversations like happen over movie seven, eight and nine to happen about this at all. Where it's not what they expected. So therefore it's wrong. Yeah. I do think I don't think I don't know how much extended universe info there is on Boba Fett. I'm sure there's a lot. He's a pretty popular character. I do know a lot of people are very familiar with Ahsoka Tano. And I do know that if like, like there are, there's established seasons of Clone Wars and of Rebels. And she has her own book. That's like a lot of people who've read one Star Wars book have read that, uh, which I thought was only okay. I didn't, if that's what they're all like, then I probably won't read many Star Wars books. Uh, so I know that she has this like established character. And if she comes in, and isn't what people expect. They're going to be mad. They're going to be mad. And, I, and for that reason, I do. And I will I will say this with the caveat that like I could definitely and I hope I am proven wrong. But at this point, I get a gut feeling it was a bad move. Putting her in there. Yeah. I hope it's good. I hope it's cool. I hope she's a good character. I like, like I said, I wasn't crazy about her book. I didn't pay attention to it super well while I was listening to it. So I may have missed something. But I also haven't watched the shows where she's like really introduced. So I don't know if maybe that's part of understanding it, which I think is stupid. I should be able to pick up the book, but whatever. Uh, there's so much pressure on Star Wars crap, like all of it. Like you have to, there's a certain level of like, you got to be careful what you say to who at any given, because anybody could be one of these like, oh, you, you liked movie eight or you liked movie nine or okay. you liked literally any movie other than Empire Strikes Back. How dare you? They all suck. Yeah, they it's, don't. it's. <sighs> God. The, the weird thing is, like, I'm not that crazy about the prequels, but I feel like I like the prequels in a better way than those people do. The like, I hate the sequels, I love the prequels, people. Yeah, I yeah, that's because like I, I can just watch them and be like, yeah, oh, this is Star Wars, neat lightsaber. But then when somebody's like, Attack of the Clones is the best movie in the series. I'm like, hey, mm, mm. well, actually, it's not. Have you read Turtles All the Way Down? Yeah, John Green makes a defense for Attack of the Clones in that movie in that book. Uh, yes, he does. You're you're exactly correct. Um, and I mean, he's what he's saying is valid, and what he's saying this is it, it, it can be your it can be your favorite okay that's fine do not try to tell me that it is like it deserves to exist over last jedi right last jedi is so good it's, it's, so like, it's just good. like a good movie like right i don't care if you like star wars it's a good movie if you like star wars you'll like attack of the clones if you like movies you'll like the last jedi there's nothing wrong with either of those things they both can exist i'd be um, so interested to hear mary clay's thoughts on these because i get the gut feeling that she would really dislike both attack of the clones and the last jedi i think mary clay would hate star wars yeah which would make her a great star wars fan that's like <laughs> right caveat that's step number one. one step one to liking star wars <laughs> hate, hate star, star wars, wars. <laughs> Step two. I don't know. One of them is at least pretty good. <laughs> it's just like if somebody tells me that they don't like a movie that came out before I was born that I like, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, I like that movie, but I get why you don't. It's hard to. I like, don't there's know that some, every movie into, made before but... 2000 had something wrong with it, right? Right. Like, yeah. Even even this point, every movie made before 2010 had something wrong with it. And in 10 years, we'll think every movie made before 2020 had something wrong with it. I know. We'll be like, Lady Bird? Wow. You wow. Like Lady Bird? Oh, God. Embarrassing. I don't think we're going to say that. I think that one's probably going to stand the test really? of time. Really? Yeah. I mean, Lady Bird, Lady Bird 5, some, The Last Jedi was really good. If somebody comes up to me and is like, like today, if they're like, I really love Juno, I'll be like, yeah, I know, because it's awesome. Right. Like, if, if in 10 years, somebody <laughs> makes a better version of Little Women, <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> 
And we're like, oh man, God, I thought that Greta Gerwig was really good, but this is like, this is definitive. This is really the interpretation we were waiting for. Also, yeah, Juno slaps very hard. <laughs> Juno's so good. I actually thought about, you know, how this week we have to cover a movie during the election. Yeah. And we've been like racking our brains on what to cover. You know what I was thinking about? Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We already covered it. I know, but I mean, it's election night, the worst day in American history. Why not go out with a Canadian bang, you know? We'll talk. We'll talk later. <laughs> I have no idea what it's going to end up being. Have you seen the John Leguizano 1997 film, The Pest? Um, Which one is that? Uh, let me read you this uh, one sentence, which is something I can find. A Miami con man agrees to be the human target for a neo-Nazi manhunter in order to collect $50,000 if he survives think so oh, i've never heard of this movie I've, i don't even know who john leguizano is but the cover for it uh it, it spoke to me um john leguizano was in that uh he's doing a bunch of stuff he's he's like um the great value brand paul giamatti type mm. in the like he's a what we would describe as a brilliant character actor but just mm. like not on the level of somebody like paul giamatti or like um christian bale no, different. Yeah, I think different. Different. Christian Bale is the lead. It's the method actor. Right. Like, like, like Paul Giamatti's never going to win, and he might have, honestly, but he's probably never going to win a best actor Oscar, but he might win a best supporting actor. Do you think he won anything for Adams? I bet he did. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it was very good. Let's see. Let's see. Where's the but awards? I, but nominated for one Oscar. Actor in a supporting role, Cinderella Man. Boom. Nailed oh, it. good movie. So good. So good. Uh, I love Paul Giamatti. Um, I don't think we've covered a single Paul Giamatti movie on Bacon and Eggs. In summer 2021, we cover Adams. <laughs> um, yeah, John Leguizamo. I, I know him from the DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet. Like Romeo okay. plus the, the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo plus Juliet. Does he play? Uh, He's Tybalt. I wouldn't have guessed Tybalt. But I forgot the name of Tybalt until just now. So that would probably yeah, be he's why. He's Tybalt. And I think Ben Affleck is Mercutio. We have covered a Paul Giamatti movie. How dare you? Which Saving one? Mr. Banks. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I had to look through his history. Uh, but yeah, John Leguizamo. He's, he's good. I mean, he was a decent voice actor in this. You know, they need somebody with a vaguely uh, American Northeastern accent to play a crime boss. I really liked this episode of The Mandalorian. I'm excited for the next ones to come out. We, got, we haven't talked about Baby Yoda at all. We got a lot of Baby Yoda gifs here. We a do, lot, but, uh, but almost no with. Baby Yoda content. Yeah. Like, he doesn't it, do mean, much, but he is extreme. Like, when he hides in the pot, that's a good that's one. He, that's a good one. That's a good one. Or, like, when Mando walks in the bar and he just, like, looks in, like, around the corner. Like, Hi, I'm still here. Yeah. Amazing. And then every, because this episode is Mando and his new friend doing stuff, doing fun stuff, being guys. Just dudes being bros. Just guys being, just guys being boys. But also, there's a small green baby involved. Right. Sitting six feet apart in a hot tub. Right. And, and like, so he just has Baby Yoda in this satchel in his in his merce um the whole time and and they'll be on the speeder bikes and it'll just be like inception not inception uh like uh what is that other christmas interstellar cut to baby yoda just like vibing right <laughs> oh it's so good you definitely get the sense that the production on this was stripped back a little bit like there's some really obvious green screen spots where like you know we're filming this entirely during the 2020 coronavirus pandemic like this is pedro pascal and john favreau and timothy oliphant in a, in a room yeah just just them just the them of them just just that like they had a sound guy that came in to start the sound and then it's just they've just been chilling which is fine like that is that is this is i think a show you can make like that because it is pretty much all green screened right um because yeah uh, planets are hard what'd you think of uh uh mando speaking sand people 
I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I thought it was a big um, character step for him. Because like the yeah, because he started picking off Jawas last time. Right. There's the great. The there's that like, great scene in the uh, in the first series where he where they meet the sand people and they're with the other gunslinger dude and he's like I don't think the sand people are, and there's one standing right next to him. <laughs> <laughs> that's the same thing that happens here where he walks into the bar and he's like i'm looking for someone who looks like me it turns he's like around. oh you mean the marshal oh, you mean the marshal also he's <laughs> right there <laughs> i thought that was fantastic yeah and, and, he, me- and he flies in that town there's like space tumbleweeds and like people are shuttering their blinds and everything and like western yeah it just makes me miss like those tv shows that i used to watch when i was growing up space getty western yeah have you heard the theory? I think I may have talked to you about this before, but that if you add like space to anything, it makes it better or like alien to anything, it makes it better. So like you could be an accountant or you could be a space accountant. You could be a space accountant. I mean, that's what they do with this show though. That's like, <laughs> right. Like you could be a, that's sh- the a whole marshal thing. like you could, be, you could a be a space, space marshal. marshal. <laughs> How cool would that be? You could be dog the bounty hunter. And he's also or you like not be... a marshal, right? That he's, that is an adopted title. He's not, not a marshal. He's like the governor, right? The, the the sheriff around these parts. He's the sh- I mean, the sheriff is a better term because, like, the, the municipality can elect the sheriff. I don't think he was elected. I think he 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 got the Boba Fett armor and he killed the Sand People, and then he right. Was okay, like, but the marshals come from the U.S. Marshal Service. I think it's more like reference, like martial law. That's what not, I say not how goes. that's spelled. Okay, I think that's still what they're going for, or maybe it's Marshall the I mean, it's, lawyer, it's, Tyler. From how it's I not what they're going for. They are going for town cop. Yeah, and they decided to use the word marshal instead of the word sheriff. But like that's the thing. In in that's probably smart. The marshal is like the highest. The marshal in 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 the old westerns, the marshal is like the highest authority. He could come in and and he'll be the guy that comes in and shoots the corrupt sheriff. Oh, because the marshal is from. The, the the u.s government from, from washington he, yeah he comes from washington how stupid is it as a sidebar and i mean he doesn't we, come from washington he comes from kansas by way of washington right but how stupid is it that we as a country have a washington on the east coast and a washington on the west coast um i mean so like that's the thing is like the washington on the east coast was there first right and they were just like we're gonna name this new state after George Washington. How stupid is it? I, maybe it's not stupid. Why do we call it the District of Columbia? Because that's what it is. I don't know what you're asking. I like, where does, where the does the name Columbia come from? Columbus. Okay. So why don't we change it? I don't know. The word Columbia is written all over the place in America. I know. We have jackets that say that. Okay. Not the company. I know. But their logo, if you take away some of the little bars, is a swastika. So that's not good. There's a Columbia, Washington, I'm pretty sure. That's confusing. Yeah, I think that's where the the company's from. That's really confusing. All I'm saying is somebody's got to change. We can't both be looking like this. Because if I say they come by way of Washington, then one of our listeners from the UK is going to be like, I just don't understand America and you stupid Washington and Washington DC thing. It doesn't make any sense to me, mate. Okay, so I'm pro-Washington on both states because Washington is like the only name for something on the East Coast that we didn't steal from Britain. We live in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Named after the British queen. Yeah. 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 Who's Carolina? Uh, Also a queen. Florida's a spanish thing right yes aha zing columbia is columbus was spanish or italian or something not english uh new england that's not english that's new english <laughs> they're old english hey, look it's it, it, here's the thing is if if washington state was where 
I don't know, Delaware is, it might get confusing. But Washington yeah. State is on the literal opposite side of the country. This is kind of interesting to me. Washington State is in the continental United States as far as you can possibly be from Washington, D.C., yeah. But Washington, D.C. is not as far as you can possibly be from Washington State. Correct. I, w- I always think that's interesting. That's interesting math to me. Well, it just tells you which one was there first. No. It tells you which one's at the top and which one's in the center. I mean, yeah. And the one in the center was there first. Yeah. Anyway, this is a fun episode of the Mo- Monday Lorian. I've enjoyed it. I'm so happy this show is back. I really like it. Thanks for hanging out with me this morning, Ethan. You're welcome for hanging out with you. It's been an absolute blasty. Um, we're going to try to put these out as close to Monday as possible. But yeah. the shows come out Friday. Yeah, and we're human beings. And life is hard. Life is hard. And they do so. like to the party on weekends, and we do bagels on weekends. So it's like, you know, we're going to try for you. We're going to try to both be on all of them and and, and try to have them out on Mondays. There might be some crappy microphones Neither of those things might be true. (laughs) There might be some guests. There might be some Tuesdays. But we're going to try. Going to do our best. This one, however, is coming to you on Monday, which means I got to edit it tonight. Unless you're a tenny. In which case, this episode's coming to you in, I don't know, 20 minutes. (laughs) Mandalorian. Boba Fett is back. The Cure yeah. Crate Dragon. Boba Fett, is, Boba Fett is back. We get a nice scarred up Boba Fett um, who crawled, I would imagine, bloody out of a Sarlacc. The Crate Dragon might have saved his life. Maybe the Crate Dragon ate the Sarlacc. That's what they say, right? Yeah. Because he's like, there's no empty Sarlacc pits. And he's like, there is if you eat the Sarlacc. Yeah. And I was like, man, you, everything you say is dramatic. All of it. It's so cool. You're so cool. You're that dude who got his head squished in on Game of Thrones. Maybe. I mean, he is. Who's to say? <laughs> Me is to say. <laughs> they took the helmet off, remember? Ah, yes. Yes, they did. Okay, is there anything else we have to do on this show? I, I think we I think we've had some fun. I think we've had some fun. Um, everybody, I don't know. I was going to make a call to action there, but I don't know what it was. Just go just, to WBNE.org and I don't, sign up. I don't know what you're signing up for. You've got new shows coming, probably? We do, yeah. I got to talk to Ethan about that after we end the recording here. Fair. Neato burrito. Neato burrito. Thanks for hanging out with us on this fantastic Monday whenever you're listening. Uh, I've been Ethan Etchell. He's with Tyler Carlin. Until next week. Arrivederci. Bye. I don't I know I wasn't ready for that. Bye.